0: Today, I just want to share a word that God has laid on my heart, and uh, I'll explain why in a little moment. But the title of this message this morning is Where Belonging Begins, Where Belonging Begins. And we're going to be reading from Romans chapter 12, verse 4 to 5. And it says this, the Apostle Paul wrote these powerful words here. He says, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part is a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. You know, a few weeks ago, I had a phone call. Now, this phone call came through on my phone, and it was no caller ID. I don't know if any of you have ever had those, but uh, I had it through on my mobile. Now I'm quite reluctant to answer one of those because it's usually a junk phone call, isn't it? It's usually PPI or somebody trying to sell you something. So I never ever answer one of those. I usually think, right, if it is somebody who's trying to hide their number, what number one, why are you hiding your number? And number two, I'll wait until I get the answer phone from you so I can ring back to vet what it is. But this number kept on ringing and ringing and ringing. And it was in the evening as well. It, it was after I'd finished work. And and I just thought, no, I'm switching it off. I've been Told by Pastor Rob and Pastor Dale that when you finish work, that's your time. You've got to shut off, Luke. That's your personal time. So so do that. So I did. So I was ignoring this phone call. And uh, Georgina and I, we were eating some food. And she said, oh, you've got to answer it. You better answer it. Obviously, somebody's answer after you. So, So I picked up the phone. And there was this lady on the phone. And, uh, she began to tell me who she was. I knew who she was after she, she began sharing with me. And, uh, she's been to our church maybe once or twice before, but not for a, for a long time. But she was on the phone to me and she was just saying that, that she's looking to be a part of a church community. She said that she, she said these words. She said, Luke, I'm feeling lonely and I'm looking for family. I'm looking for family. I'm looking for community. And she's around about my age, and uh, so I told her everything that was going on within the life of our church. I said, we'd love to see you. We'd love to have you come along. You're more than welcome. I said, we've got all these different things happening during the week, and also on a Sunday. We'd love to see you. Uh, Unfortunately, she hasn't come along quite yet, but uh, she does assure me that she will pop along on one Sunday. But, you know, she isn't the first person who I've spoken to, and especially in recent times, who've said that they are feeling lonely that they are feeling lonely. You know, unfortunately, we are living in a time where a lot of people are feeling very isolated and are feeling like on their own. Our generation is grappling at this moment in time with an epidemic or another pandemic, but it's a pandemic of loneliness. Despite the fact that we are more connected than ever now, aren't we? Through our phones, through social media, we can speak to anybody, even right across the other side of the world. As my father and I do often with Tom and Olive from Japan, the missionaries, we speak to them. It's amazing how connected we are in those ways. And our society has got so many avenues to be connected, yet loneliness is on the rise. You know, we see that cry throughout Our communities, throughout our homes, in schools, children are feeling isolated and lonely. And we're talking about kids in primary school, not just children in secondary secondary school. Children are feeling lonely at this moment in time. In our workplaces, people are feeling like they're on their own. I know it's sad to say, even within the four walls of a church building, many people come and we might be surrounded by people, but you might feel like you're on your own. Maybe you've come here, but maybe that's how you were feeling today as well. You know, according to recent studies that were taken by the ONS, Office of National Statistics, they said that there is an estimated 7 million adults in the UK who have reported that they are feeling often lonely or always feeling lonely. That was taken just before the pandemic and more results have come out recently saying that people are even feeling more like that these days. After COVID. People are suffering in our community. Our communities and our, and our nation is struggling with isolation and loneliness. People are looking for community. People are looking not just for community, they're looking for family. They're looking for a place to belong. Why do you think there are so many clubs that are active right now? Social clubs, sports clubs, people are looking to get parts, join into little communities. Georgina and I, we're part of a tennis club. So many people are looking for those connections, meaningful connections, but they only scratch a little bit of where people are itching. They, They hardly meet those real needs, those depths within our souls. So you might be wondering this morning, where can we find real belonging? Where can we find belonging that will satisfy our souls? What can meet that loneliness within our lives? Well, I'm so glad that we serve a God who knows our needs and is able to meet our needs as well. That is who our God is. And he has provided a few solutions to meet that need of belonging and loneliness within our lives. Because you see, the Bible tells us that from the very beginning of this world, from the very beginning of creation, God recognized that we need companionship, that we need friendship. It says in Genesis chapter 2, the first book of the Bible, second chapter and verse 18, as God was making all of the world, his greatest creation was mankind, he made man. And he said these words in verse 18. He said, The Lord, then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And obviously, we know that he made Eve for Adam there. We know that story. God recognized out of everything that was good that he had created, he recognized it wasn't good that mankind should be alone. God recognized our need. God recognized has designed us and wired us, hardwired you and me to reflect uh, for relationships. Why? Because God is in community as well. Our God is three in one. We believe in the Father. We believe in the Son. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. We believe that here this morning. And he wants mankind to reflect that community, that communal nature as well. He desires us not to walk through life on our own, but he longs to have people in our lives around us to support us, to help us, to be there for us, to encourage us, to lift us up, to carry our burdens, share our burdens. We see that our Savior, Jesus Christ, he acknowledged this and he emphasized this As well, Jesus knew the importance of community because you see, when Jesus stepped into this world, Jesus during his ministry was very intentional. One of the first things that Jesus did before he began ministering was he created a small group of disciples. He brought these men together to do life together and to do life with him, be built around him. I love what it says in Mark chapter three, verse 13 to 19. It says, afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him and they came to him then he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles they were to accompany him and he would send them out to preach giving him authority to cast out demons these are the 12 he chose simon whom he named peter james and john the sons of zebedee but jesus nicknamed them the sons of thunder Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Jesus brought these men from all walks of life together into this wonderful community that was built around him, that was centered on him and was to follow him. They formed this tight-knit community where they shared joys, struggles, and even doubts with one another another. And Jesus invent, invested into this small group as well, into this chosen circle. He, he was with them. Now was their primary calling, these 12 disciples. He wasn't to go out and preach and to, to cast out demons or to perform incredible miracles. The first calling of the disciples was to be with Jesus. Did you know that's your first calling and my first calling as well? Before we do anything else, Our God wants to be in relationship with us. He just wants to know us. And that's what he called them to do. And he invested in them, he was there for them. And this group relied on one another. And then the disciples, when Jesus died on the cross and rose again and ascended into heaven, what was the first thing that they did after he ascended into heaven? Says they came together. The Holy Spirit was outpoured, the church was born and they came together. The Bible says they didn't just come together, they devoted themselves to one another. It says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to pray. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miracle, miraculous signs of wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's supper, supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Even the early church recognized the importance of doing life together being joined together, coming together because of Jesus. And did you know, that's still God's plan today. All these years later, God doesn't want us to do life on our own, but he has brought us together as one body, as one family, as one community, where he is Lord, where he is central, where he is above all things, but we are joined together around him. So, you know, small groups, which we are launching today. This is what this message is all about. We are launching small groups as a church because we don't want to just gather together, just all of us on a Sunday, just in one big thing where we just, you know, sit in rows and we might say the odd hello, but God wants us to do life together. He wants us to get involved in one another's lives. He wants us to know one another. He wants us to help one another, to be friends with one another, but to be there for one another. And so today, we are launching small groups and these are on God's heart. And this is what God's laid on my heart for us as a church. But I want you to know small groups aren't just an event. They aren't just something that's going to happen just once a month. And that's, that's the end of that. It's not just a program, but I really believe that's something God's laid on my heart. Small groups are a place where belonging begins where people can feel like they're a part of this place, where you can feel like you belong, that you are heard, that you are seen, that you are loved, that you're a part of this family. We're not just a church or an institution or an organization or a business. We're the family of God. We're a family and we're all part of this together. And you know, my prayer is that when we join together corporately, together as a church, but also when we join together in little groups as well, that we can experience love together, support together, friendship together, that, you know, the reality is, is inside each and every one of us. We all long for it. I long for it. I long for it, and I'm sure you long for it as well. You know what? I I love what it says in Galatians chapter six, verse two. The apostle Paul said this, encouraged the church there. He said, share each other's burdens, and in this way, you obey the law of Christ. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And so If you want to obey Jesus, then we're to share one another's burdens. We're to get one in in, into one another's lives. We're to know one another and walk with one another. And so practically, you might be wondering, what are these small groups? What are they going to look like? How are they going to be outworked within the life of our church? Well, small groups for all people from all backgrounds of all ages. As it says on the outside of our church building, we want this place to be home. We want you to find home here. Not just the church that you go to. We want you to find the family of God here. We want you to feel like you are home. And so our small groups to start off with. This is just to start off with over the coming months. And we pray that God will keep bringing in new people so more people can join. But they're going to begin by meeting together. We're going to meet together once a month on a Sunday night at five o'clock. And we're going to be meeting here at church. We're going to be meeting together. There's going to be three groups Tonight, there's only going to be two, but we will be launching a third group as well in a few weeks time. But we're going to be coming together once a month and we're just going to start to get to know one another a little bit more, get into one another's lives a little bit more, love one another and help one another. And this is a place where you can find friendship, find community, and most importantly, it's not just for that, it's to grow in our relationship with Jesus. That's the most important thing. We want to disciple and encourage people. And this is where we believe that can happen most effectively. We're going to get around the word of God together. We're going to learn about the Bible. We're going to struggle and wrestle with doubts and questions that we have and and see how it outworks within our lives. We pray that you will grow in your faith. We're going to just be there for one another. This is really where belonging begins, where you can find family. And so small groups are launching tonight here in our church. There are a lot of people who have already signed up to be a part of a small group. And if you haven't yet, but you'd like to, please see myself or please see Paul after the service in the welcome area. We'd love for you to join a group. Doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter where you are on your faith journey, whether you're a new Christian, whether you're not even a Christian yet, but you, you want to find out more, we'd love for you to be a part of it. We'd love for you to be a part of a small group. God has provided one another to meet that need of loneliness within our lives. But just as we come to a conclusion this morning, I want to do, I do want to say this is just a reminder for us. The wild small groups and church and everything that happens within church life is so important and they valuable and it's all meaningful. None of these are meant to take the place of our relationship with Jesus. None of it's meant to take the place of a relationship with Jesus. All of these things, all these ministries that we run as a church are meant to deepen our relationship with Jesus. They're not meant to take the place of our relationship with Jesus within our lives. Why? Because only God, only Jesus can be the source of meeting that loneliness and that longing within all of our hearts. Only Jesus. Only he. Why? Because he's the one who made you. He's the one who knows you. He's the one who loves you. He's the one who's always there for you. Jesus not only understands your need, but he offers us his presence as well. That goes beyond any other human relationship. It goes beyond that. I love what it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. What a God we serve, don't we? I love what it says, what Jesus says in, what it says in, in Proverbs chapter 18. It says that Jesus, our God, sticks closer to us than a brother. Jesus invites us into a relationship with himself where we can experience love that goes beyond any human love. And we can experience grace. We can find acceptance. I love what Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 20, just before he ascended into heaven, his last words to his followers, he said this, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. While human relationships are great, I found in my short 30 years on this planet, they can sometimes falter, they can fail. People can hurt us. People walk out from our lives. People can, can leave us in difficult moments. But there's one person I found in my life who never fails. One person who's always there, constant through every storm, through every trial, even when on my bad days and my good days, there's one who will never leave. And that is my God. That is your God. Jesus will never, ever leave you. He is always, always there. He's always there to listen to your prayers. He's always there to comfort you in your struggles, in your pains, in your difficulties. He's always there to help you, guide you, strengthen you. He's always there to forgive you. He's always there to restore you. He's always there to provide for you. He's always there to save you. That is who our God is. And through what he did for us on the cross, he made a way for all of us no matter who we are, to know him and have a relationship with him, to be a part of his eternal family forever and ever. So as we come to an end of this message this morning, let's not forget, Jesus is the ultimate solution to our longing and for our belonging as well. He offers us that relationship, but I'm so glad also that he's given us one another as well. He's here and he moves in and through our lives together. He's given us powerful and meaningful connections and community. And so I want to encourage you today. If you haven't already, join a small group. We'd love for you to join us this evening. We'd love for you to be a part of a small group going forward as well. As I said, we're starting off with these three small groups. um, And hopefully in the future, we'll be able to launch more and do them on a more frequent basis. That's my prayer. because. You know, we haven't even reached 1% of our community yet. There are people out there who are longing for community, longing for family. There is a world out there for us to reach for Jesus. And so as we continue to tell people about Jesus, we pray that we'll see more and more people come along and be a part of a small group. As it says in Proverbs 27, verse 17, Iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25 says this, let us think of ways to motivate one another to act of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Jesus is coming again. He's coming again. He could come again any moment, but until he comes, till that trumpet sounds, let's just keep meeting together. Let's keep doing life with one another and being there for one another. So I encourage you today, join a small group because that really is where belong and begins